What's good, party people? This is According to Woods, and I have the honor and privilege of talking to a Jeet Kune Do practitioner and uh, sensei, rather, and uh, somebody who is willing. Sifu. Sifu. We call Sifu. it Sifu, yeah. There you go. And <laughs> then, uh, and despite being a Sifu in one martial art, is willing to humble himself and uh, become a white belt. In Brazilian jiu-jitsu, uh, he is the one, the only, Larry Vlon. Larry, what's going on? What's up, man? How you doing? Doing good, doing great. I mean, uh, kind of getting ready for the holidays, but is anybody really ready for the holidays? Never, never. And um, and I just want to say thank you to you, man, for being like so open and cool and, and having me here. I really appreciate it. No, and uh, a, a good shout-out goes uh, to uh, uh, Karina, our, our Karina. good friend. Yeah, La Reina. Uh, yes, La Reina, La Right, that that's yeah. the uh, Instagram deal. But uh, yeah, no, she's uh, she's so cool, Karina Herbert. So shout out to you, Mademoiselle, and I hope you and Jordan are well. But yeah, man, I, I I dig you know finding things out about different people. So when you reach out to me, I was just like ah, and then Karina was like, and it was almost like ping pong and i was like oh i just talked to larry actually you know and what right. have you but um yeah oh my goodness so how did you start your martial arts journey that's funny when i my uh my sister's husband was a karate instructor but i wasn't ready back then i was like you know maybe nine years old i, I wasn't ready so but all during my adult life like most kids in my era we looked up to bruce lee so I always thought, you know, I want to learn what Bruce taught. You know, when I got older, right out of high school, it's like, yeah, I want to. But I, but in my head, I always told myself, I want to learn from the person that Bruce taught. And this is pre-Google. That's how old I am. And uh, so I'm like, where are you going to find these people that Bruce taught? So I put it out of my head and I was like, well, I'll just get a book or a DVD and I'll just read about, you know, his art. Fast forward years and years later, I'm working, uh, I used to work at a television show. Right. And uh, I saw this guy there, and this is like the, the second season. And I see this guy that I would always see every now and then. And he was at craft service and he just started talking to me about martial arts. And I was like, oh, I said, like, uh, what martial art do you teach? He said, uh, Jeet Kune Do. I was like, what? He said, yeah, I was trained by two of Bruce's private students. At this point, I'm kind of like looking up to God, like, pardon my French, but like, are you fucking with me? Yeah, That's right. what I wanted. You know what I'm saying? And it just, I was like, I couldn't believe it. Then he went to the next stage over, came back and showed me a magazine of him. And in, in, uh, he was inside Kung Fu and Kung Fu Magazine um, and another one. And he's in there with one of Bruce's students, Sifu Jerry Petit. Uh, and Sifu Jerry was trying, you know, demonstrating on him. So I said, hey, man, um, I said, uh, he said, he said, I was going to open my school, but my wife got pregnant. So I went into the family business. His, he's a set, a set decorator and they make a lot of money. Yeah. So and his dad used to do it. His, his dad actually used to do it on Gilligan's Island. Whoa. Yeah. 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 For the youngsters might not know what that is. But uh, wow. but anyway, yeah, he uh, he I told him, so, yeah, man, when you start training people, let me know. And he said in a couple months, I will. And then I started training with him. And uh, after like uh, six months or so, he was like, yeah, man, I'm getting close to uh, 
opening up the school, the you know, the physical location. And he said, I, I would like you, and there was a couple other guys I was training with at the time. Um, he's like, I would like you, Shelby, and Chris to be instructors there and whatever. And I was like, oh, okay, cool, and whatever. And then, you know, we finished up the lesson. When I went home that day, I'm driving like, what makes this guy think I could teach? <laughs> 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 right? And I was like, what? I was just happy to know, learn Jeet Kune Do from somebody that was trained by two of Bruce's private students. I was in heaven. I was like, teach? Hmm. You know, I didn't, I said, maybe he sees something that I don't, you know, I don't know about. So yeah, then after that, man, it just all happened. I met Linda Lee, Bruce's wife in the media, yeah, in the meantime, and just, it's been, I got certain, so just, uh, my instructor was trained by Sifu Ted Wong and Sifu J Petit. So my original instructor is uh, Sifu Dane Junod, who's an amazing martial artist. And shout out to Sifu Dane. And uh, Sifu Dane introduced me to Sifu Jerry, who is a direct student of Bruce's here in the LA Chinatown School. And um, and then I got certified directly from Jerry Petit, uh, Bruce's student, Sifu Jerry Petit. And uh, what Bruce would do, they were private students. So Sifu Ted Wong, Sifu Jerry Petit, the Wednesday night group in uh, Bruce's house in Bel Air, he would take people, the people at Bruce's school, you were moving at like a little slower pace, but people that were in the private sessions, Bruce would show you what he was working on at that time. So it was more advanced. And he, he used them as guinea pigs and it changed their life. Yeah. Bruce wow. Yeah. And that's that's pretty incredible, right? And talk about speaking to to action because I mean, I was going to ask like, what was your life condition, you know, in terms of you know your life pre, you know, martial arts? Because you know, once you once that martial arts, you could call it jujitsu, you could call it judo, you could call it jeet kune do, whatever. But once you step on the mat and start to practicing it and find a community of people of like minded and even different minded people that are doing you know, same or similar, you know, it's a different deal. But I mean, yeah. you're already in like that set life kind of movie-esque type deal. And then that puts you in, I mean, literally the path that you've wanted since you were a wee young lad. Yes. Um, so what my life was like pre that, it was very much um, like... 10 years before I met my instructor, I was on this path already of like self-discovery, you know. Um, I grew up in the city of Compton mm -hmm. and learned, I mean, you, you had to learn, you had to grow up quick there, right, to say the least, especially in my era. You, you had to grow up quick and um, I had a lot of like profound experiences that like completely rewired how I think anyway. Mm -hmm. So running into Jeet Kune Do was like the perfect storm uh, and situation. Cause I was already thinking in that way. And then Jeet Kune Do just helped to make so many more, so many other things in life make sense. You know what I mean? So um, yeah, it was, it, it caught me at the right time. Cause I, when I started Jeet Kune Do, I was 33. Wow. Yeah, I was a grown man. Yeah, like a little little younger than yourself. They're like around. Yeah. So if you can imagine, you know, it's uh it's kind of an advantage being a little older because you have a different perspective. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So there's there's some advantages to being a little older learning uh, martial art. 
No, 1,000%. I mean, I kind of similarly, I didn't think I had started my first interview or did my first interview about until like early 30s. So, mm. you know, you you have like a, a whole, you kind of sift out that 20-year-old, you kind of wild and whatever, and exactly. also trying to figure it out, you know, and you're, you're, you're a dude. Like you're you're full fledged adults. You're into the adulting. You're paying bills. You know, having relationships, what have yeah. you. And I I think that that in at least in my case was a little bit better than maybe the twenties and whatever. Trying to chase it to, to kind of have some life experience under your belt. Um, yeah. The part, you know, it, it makes it uh, you you appreciate it because you you'll see guys and gals all the time. You know that have been training since they were young or whatever, and there was this point maybe in their you know late teens, early twenties, mid twenties, where life, school, relationships, whatever gets in the way. They want to party, what have you, and they don't really appreciate it. And then they come back, and you know it's almost like you know starting at ground zero because you know so much has changed in their you know the years since their sabbatical, right? So yeah. You know, they're almost at, like at base, you know, there's some things, you know, muscle memory, you know, that come back instantaneously, but then they're, you're just some that it's just a miss and they're right a- along with you. So the fact that you're able to appreciate the time, like if you're paying for classes, like, you know, you have to do some wizardry with the bills and what have <laughs> yeah. you and find some disposable income and figure out traffic and what have you, you know, to, to get there. And it's really an honor uh, to be on the mats in it it is it is man um it, it is when you're we're mentioning the being 20 in your 20s and stuff like that and developing as a human being i was thinking about something that uh that i always say you know to people that i talk to um you need some fucked up shit to happen to you you will grow quick yeah if you go through life and not really much has happened to you that's fine but like you you really get pushed when when you have enough things happen, especially you have a couple big incidents in your life where you know stuff hit the fan and you had to scramble and 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 learn. Speaking of scrambling, grappling, you know what I'm saying in in uh, in jujitsu, you know you're gonna you're gonna um, wake up real quick when you're scrambling with a person and they're just ragdolling you you know putting you in any position that they want to you know what i'm saying that's why i love i love uh jujitsu obviously i love jikundo too but yeah jujitsu is so visceral you know what i'm saying because you're you're scrambling trying to survive when you're sparring the whole time you know so it's nothing like pressure to turn you into who you need to be yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, without pressure, a diamond is just a lump of coal, right? You know, and uh, th- there's this trope, right? And all for positivity, you know, but, w- you know, the, the positive vibes only. I mean, fuck that. Because, you know, what? when have you done some superhero shit, right? When somebody, you know, your love interest, you know, uh, doesn't love you the same way. Or the boss or, or family member says you ain't going to be shit. Or, you know, all of these things, right? You know, yeah. I, I, I believe, like, a little bit of grit goes a long way, right? So you need, you know, some of that acrimonious whatever the fuck to happen. You need it. 
it's a it's a good it's a good guide. Um, David Goggins, I'm sure you're familiar with David yes. Goggins. He's a, I used to follow that guy like back in like 07, or way back in the day when he didn't talk. His his wife, uh, his like first wife, I believe, who was a nurse, would write the stuff on this little blog, and I would follow him all these years. And then one day he popped up in this book, a book that didn't give his name. It was called 30 Days Living with a Seal. Yeah. And as soon as I read the description, I was like, that's Goggins. <laughs> that's Goggins. Yeah. He's the only person I know that crazy. Um, so, yeah, he he always, you know, the way he, sometimes people, I think, misunderstand him. But he is always grinding, keeping his mind because of how the life he lived and how he grew up. Mm-hmm. You know, the next, and again, think positively. But one of the things martial arts teach you and grinding the way David does David Goggins does is that if you keep challenging yourself, when the next fucked up thing does happen, you're ready. You know what I'm saying? When I when I teach uh, students, and um, Bruce used to say you have to emotionalize the equipment because you're teaching your nervous system. You know, you're not just hitting. You don't ever just hit the heavy bag. You don't ever just hit the focus mitt. You need to see something. Your nervous system needs to go through something. We're not here just doing this. You know what I mean? Bruce, and even in his movies, when he's like, wow, doing all that, it's because even for the movies, he wouldn't drop it because his mind is going somewhere. Like to really defend you, and we'll talk about this for a sec. When you have to defend yourself, hitting another human being is not natural. Mm. Um, being in these situations and confrontations with human beings, it's natural to avoid confrontation, you know, fight or flight. So you have to train yourself that uh, you go through this all the time in your training. You emotionalize equipment so that when it does happen, I do this every day. Mm-hmm. The other person, they're all upset and they're fire. And then after the fight, they're like, oh, they got this black cloud over their head. But you can walk away from it like, this is, this is another day. I do this all the time. You know what I mean? So somebody came in here right now. You know, this is the street is right here. I have like a little patio. Somebody broke in here right now and I got in a scramble with this guy. It'll be what it is because not like I'm some superhero. I might get my ass kicked. I don't know. But to my nervous system, it won't be anything new. Right. Because I think along these lines of... Um, all the time, I always tell people like, for me, if I get attacked, I don't have fights. I have, I, I survive encounters. I don't have fights, I survive encounters. So my goal is not to fight you, my goal is to survive the encounter. So I'm pulling out all the stops, right? I'm pulling out every stop. And if, if something happens to me, that's what it is. But I think like this all the time. I'm not saying other people should, but that's how far I'm willing, Bruce used to say, you must step through the door of insanity and be able to step back through that door with your sanity intact. Mm. But you must step through it if you're gonna be successful at defending yourself. You know what I'm saying? And that's not pretty to think about, but it's reality. Mm-hmm. You know, but, but aside from all that, that's the more the practical side. Really, to me, this is why I love MMA people and, and talking to them, because it's not about, like Bruce used to say, not learning to do somebody in. 
learning to express yourself through some type of movement, but it's about who you become in the process of preparing. You know what I'm saying? It's who you become in the process. Um, all these martial artists, um, some of them lose their mind. Um, somebody recently, uh, I think it was last, earlier this year, read to Conor McGregor a statement he made and he got emotional. Mm -hmm. And they said, uh, but basically in the statement, the person read back to them, you said this in 2013. And he was talking about how I, I may lose my mind in the process of doing this, but I, my mom is going to have a nice house. My kids are going to be taken care of and all this. He said, I'm, I'm slow. I'm losing my brain doing this, but looking, but it's going to be worth it. And they asked him about it and he had to take a moment because he was getting emotional. He said, yeah, you know, he said it was all worth it. He's like, you know, basically said, I'm batshit crazy, but it was worth it because mm -hmm. he is, you know, now, does that mean everybody should lose their mind? No, but you're not living if, if it, life is not changing you, if you're the same person you were five years ago, mm -hmm. you might want to look in the mirror and, and, and do some, do an inventory because you should be radically different than who you were five years ago, radically. No, 100%, which uh, J Jerry's saying, uh, Larry, getting all, me, how I have done. What up, Jerry? All I done. Yes. co-worker. What's up, Jerry? Yes, and Tyson Duckworth uh, out of Catch Cat, Alaska, saying, preach. Mr. Um, Duckworth. Yes. No, and it's, it's, uh, it's funny because... Um, you know, that insanity, right? Because insanity, by definition, is doing the same things over and over, expecting different doing results. The same result. Right? And and that's one thing that a lot of people don't get, you know? And for me, uh, my parents, right? My dad was a jazz musician who performed outside of uh, Fisherman's Wharf in front of the cannery in San Francisco, right? Mm. And that my mom, uh, you know, Fijian, you know, uh, immigrant came over here in 82, you know, work, 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 uh, love like the, what is it? The, you know, Princess Diana and then Camelot of the Kennedys and what have you. And then she ended up working for Inglewood City Hall, you know, before her passing and literally working in the mayor's office, one of the assistants to the mayor. Wow. And um, it, it's, it's wild though, because like I, I got those, kind of things and it, it it pushed me in different you know in different facets but you know we all know those people the people that they go they listen to the motivational speaking and whatever and you know oh, oh what do you listen to oh all i listen to is motivational tapes uh, oh what are you watching oh motivational uh, uh stuff on youtube cool what are you doing oh I, i've been working the same deal that i've done for the last 10 years and are you happy? It's like, no, but I'll get there. I'll get there. It's always, I'll get there. I'll get there. And that's that's completely different than enjoying the journey, right? Not yeah. It's not about the destination. It's about the journey versus needing something to almost, you know, kickstart whatever the hell your life is, right? And Absolutely. Sometimes you get a mouthful. Yeah, and sometimes... You know, all of that stuff goes into the ether because do you remember what that Zig Ziglar said, you know, three motivational speaking things ago or 
four biographies ago or whatever, it just gets lost in the ether. Like, what are you going to do? It's something about it. Yeah. What are you going to do? That's that's saying, and I've been guilty too at time moments where yeah. I had to, much as I love David Goggins, turn it off, Yeah, which he would love, you know, to turn it off and just put it all aside because you don't want to become a professional listener. Mm-hmm. You have to. You have to do something. You know what I'm saying? Anything. You don't feel like working out today? Do t- do 10 push-ups. You know, that's what I'll do to myself. Okay, I'll do 10 push-ups. And then once you start doing that, then you're then you're in the mood for more. You know what I'm saying? I, I feel like you just said a mouthful. You know, you you have to kick start it and do do something. Do something every day. Speaking of Mr. Guy, because he always says do something, one thing a day that sucks. You know, so I, I like to do that. I like to force myself to do something, some, some shit that I don't like. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I live on a hill. You know, I'll make myself go outside and walk that hill. I hate it, but I'll, I'll do it, you know, because I got to, if I don't, I'll, I'll procrastinate, you know. And um, a lot of uh, Jeet Kune Do is, that's why I, I call, mine is called True Self M.A., true self martial arts because you have to peel back the onion to your true self because everything in your life, whatever, all your opinions, what you see in the world, it is all filtered through how you think. So you might want to get to know this person in here because they're the ones actually informing you of how you feel. You read something, a headline, an opinion about anything the world that you know is filtered through your own mind. Mm-hmm. And you can, you know, people only see what they know. It's something I heard, you know. So working on yourself and knowing this is is everything. Once you got this, you have the you have the keys to everything else. The master key is yourself. You know what I'm saying? The only with people's opinions and all that stuff, that means squat because they're not living your life. You write your rules. That doesn't mean go out in the world and be an asshole. Right. But it's all it's all yourself. You know what I'm saying? Um, Jocko Willing, he's another yeah. one. He, he likes to say that uh, there's no one else to blame. It's just it's me. If there's something happening in my life that I don't particularly like, I'm looking at myself in the mirror and go, okay, well, what are you going to do? You know what I'm saying? It's really not anybody out there's fault. Nobody's gonna add to me or take away from me anything. It's up to me. You know, I need to get myself together. Period. You know, not to get too heavy, but that's the crux of of JKD and and how I teach it. You know, um, and all I want to do is share my because I can't tell another person what they should be doing because I, I really wouldn't know. But I can just share, you know, what I, some of the things I've been through, share what I know about Jeet Kune Do, and if a person gets something out of it, that's everything. No. I lost your, I lost the audio. Oh, oh. can you hear me? Yep. All right. No, you know, it's it, it goes back to that jump starting, right? You know, some people need 
this big, you know, I'm going to teach one day I'm going to be teaching to thousands or what have you. And it's just yeah. like, it doesn't have to be as grandeur or as grandiose as that. You can teach one person and that one person, their reverberations basically filter out to that hundreds and thousands. Now big you directly time. didn't, you know, didn't, you know, preach or teach to that, you know, that hundred thousand or whatever that you thought in your head and you vision for yourself. But I mean, if your student does, right. And, you know, what is that, that martial arts group of, you know, the teacher has become the students, right. And when yep. the student becomes the teacher on the, on the flip side, isn't that what you want as a teacher? Like to, right. For the every yeah. generation to kind of 100%. take it one step further. Hundred um, percent. Yeah, and I and I feel like that was Bruce's thing too, is that, you know, upon his passing, upon his death, he definitely wouldn't want Jeet Kune Do to look like it it did when he left, you know, and and Jeet Kune Do is a very personal, you know, art too. It's one of those arts where it, it actually teaches you how to learn. That's what I found, and um, uh, I I feel like. Uh, everything is evolution, you know what I mean. It's all it's all moving. It's all evolving. Um, running water doesn't get stale. Mm -hmm. So um, the I think one of the things we all want as human beings is peace. I think all human beings want peace and to be able to center themselves. Mm -hmm. And if you if you're taking a martial art um it will it will send you a lot of people i don't think realize like they see these martial arts like the mma guys who are in the ring and they go oh some people say oh it's too brutal i can't watch it, whatever but they don't really see the beauty in it especially and you've talked to many 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 fighters the 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 self-possession that they have when you're talking to them because these guys put themselves through a ringer twice mm -hmm. a day minimum and uh, when you when you because they're wringing the towel out every day of what's happening they're exercising their demons all the time mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying <laughs> putting themselves through through all these things and um i think at the end of the day that's one of the things that physicality can do for us it can mm -hmm. help us to have some kind of peace um the more stress your body goes through, the harder your, your workouts should be mm -hmm. because your body is almost like getting a massage when you work out. The ringing out of all this tension and stuff and the guys, they'll, people think that the fighters are faking. If two fighters don't really like each other and they're at the wins, they're talking smack, they're pushing each other. When the fight's over, they're hugging because they left it all out there. You know, and and at the end, and and then I feel like too, uh, after the fighters fight, the MMA world is so small and intimate. There's only so many people going that hard in physicality, for like with fighting and combat. So they all know they're all brothers and sisters. They can all look at each other, and they're all living identical lives. You know what I'm saying? They're pushing everything to the limit every time, every day, you know? So that's why I really look to that community for a lot of motivation. No, 100%, which I mean, 
it, it's it's wild because you know of course our our human kind of interaction right is a lot more docile than generations previous right like yes. if you look into the 20s the 30s the 40s you know even pre that you know when we get into western times or biblical times and what have you right you know those are people that went through stress the the uh mortality rate was not very long i mean if you made it to 30 you're an old sage of wisdom a bastion of wisdom you know and right. now with all of these innovations with you know modern medicine society natural hell modern medicine is really going back to the stuff that we were doing you know on the prairies or in the villages and what have you when you uh, talk about you know like weed mushrooms in the islands we have kava you yeah. know where you clap three times it looks like dirty water you pour it in a hollowed out coconut shell you pass you pass it to your right and whatever and hopefully the demons don't get you yeah right. you know like that's that's yep. it but i mean i've got a kava bar like maybe four blocks away from my house where they make it taste like horchata and i'm like what the fuck is that because like i want that dirty water making your your tongue numb or whatever you know <laughs> but but without all being said it's just like one thing that we've kind of lost with our mortality rates and what have you is the sense of fear right and you know goggins jocko rogan they all kind of you have to put yourself under duress right yeah. that is the only way that you feel free you're feeling depressed go get a workout you're feeling tired from jack black go get a workout and fucking really expend yourself to the extent of absolute nothingness right yeah. And, and it's almost a euphoric, you know, when you get there, it's almost Big a time. euphoric trance because, like, you feel better. That person who cut you off and whatever the fuck, you're just like, ah. And they could be full of anger, whatever. And you, prior to getting that workout, prior to getting on that nap, whatever the hell, right? You you were that person. Right. You were that person. You understand the frustration, the, the absolute anger and disgust of the world and you're that your life condition could not be at its lowest, right? Yeah. And, and then all it takes is like, I don't know, 90 minutes to two hours, literally getting punched, choked, you know, separated from consciousness and limbs being unceremoniously removed from your body, theoretically. And you're just like, ah, because you've survived a damn war, you know, what else is there to be achieved? What else is there to be achieved? You put that so... You ended that so beautifully. What else is there after that? Another, I mean, it is funny you, you mentioned that because it makes me think about something I think all the time. Like, what is it that I really need? Food, shelter, some water. You know what I'm saying? Um, but to be honest, we're, we're conditioned. You know what I'm saying? In society, we think we need these these things, you know? And there's nothing wrong with having things, but at what price? Mm -hmm. You know, what you were saying about the, the old school medicine and stuff. I think we're starting to read and I, I want I want to punch myself for what I'm about to say. Uh, I, you know, I'm not a tree hugger kind of guy, but we're starting to reconnect ourselves with the earth. Yeah. You hear what I'm saying? I don't want to sound like that, but no. that's basically what's happening. People talk about like ayahuasca, ceremonies yeah. and stuff people are starting to reconnect people are starting to go hmm we kind of left nature uh in the dust you know 
And um, I'll never forget this experience I had a long time ago. Um, and I walked, I hadn't been in nature in a long time. I went on a trip to Big Bear, haven't been back since, I need to go. Went on a trip to Big Bear, very simple trip. A lot of us have done it. And I went there with a couple friends and, and a group of people. And uh, I was one of the first ones to get out of the car first. And I walked into the woods a little bit and the cabin was right there. And I got rid, it was very, I could hear my heartbeat. That's how, that's, it was almost like being on a sound studio set. It was quiet and just the trees, the, the, the leaves rustling. I was like, I hadn't experienced that because I'm in the city all the time and cars and distractions and stuff like that. But being in nature, I was just, it just, it brought, and I can't even really put it into words. It's kind of strange, but I was like, you know, it, it was an awakening for me. You know what I mean? That um, we've lost touch with, with that, but people are rediscovering it mm -hmm. for sure. Um, and I think with COVID, and people, I always think that, feel like things happen for a reason yeah. to me. And people being uh, quarantined back last year when we were quarantined and couldn't leave. And we had to pull together. What's that guy, DJ D-Nice? He started DJ and he's a DJ. He still does it right now. He'll do live DJs from his house, you know, playing music for hours for you to listen to. Yeah. He, um, just all everybody because that's that's our especially in the, in the united states it is in our nature to when something bad happens we will go over and make it good you know this country done that from day one you know so um it's like covid actually turned i mean it's bad because a lot of people passed but there, there's a there's a silver lining to it you know it made us reconsider a lot of stuff like okay well what's really important in my life you know what i'm saying um ray charles says something always stood with me he said i could only sleep in one bed at a time i can only drive with one car at a time i can only live in one house at a time so how many what do i really need you know so there it is. I think we've just talked about every fucking thing you can talk about. In oh, life. yeah, no, but that that's it, you know, and I mean, I'm putting myself out there is, is essentially that because we're kind of talking off air, you know, and this, if not for COVID, I'd probably still be doing, you know, interviews here in the Southern California region, you that's know, and, and, and being content with that. And, you know, it, this podcast wouldn't exist. We would right. never... You know, um, yeah. So it, it, you know, of course, there's you. You figure out a way to innovate, right? Where you know, here's the situation, and you know, much like you're saying, you know, we, we try to go over it. You know, it, that's kind of a a national identity, right? You, yeah. You yeah. figure out a way to get over it, and uh, they they, I think they're calling it the great reassignment, right? Where mm. you're like, hey, I don't need to live in the city. Like my job is going to, you know, pay for me to relocate elsewhere and I can work remotely. So fuck yeah. it. I'm going to another state. Uh, oh, the taxes or whatever. I'm moving. Or like, hell, I like it here. If you all can move. I'm going to stay my ass right here. What have you. 
right? There's there's a litany of things. You know, people have started businesses and people have started artistic endeavors that had set dormant in the their theoretical shelf for eons. And, you know, you, you kind of got back to some of those things. I, I think I know what happened. Uh, you might have gotten a, a notification. Yeah, uh, jump out and then jump back in. Yeah, uh, that was Larry a Sifu Larry Blauen, who is a Jeet Kune Do practitioner as well as a Brazilian Jiu Jitsu practitioner. Yep. I lost. Did you did you know I was gone? Yeah. So I so I figured out what was happening. You probably got a notification or a call of some sort. And it yeah, and off. I was I was gonna do this whole thing on my iPad for that reason, but I couldn't really get it. Like it's not it's too big to put in the holder. So I said I'll do it on my phone. But of course I got a, it was from a scam call. <laughs> one of those, and it stopped. It stopped everything. No, I, I know exactly yet because the first hundred episodes of the podcast was done right on this thing of a bobber here. Ah. Yeah. And I that I if I didn't hit that like do not disturb or whatever, somebody would tag me on some dumb shit meme on any given social media, and there goes the damn podcast. So there it goes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I was like, damn. So but then I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed at ah. times. But I was like let me go ahead and hit this refresh, refresh button. Yeah. And see if I can get myself back in here. Yeah. Sometimes that's all it takes, man. Which is, yeah. I mean, uh, that's a pretty fun kind of uh, analogy, right? Because like you getting into nature, right? And you heard your heart beat, your heart rate, right? And it was almost like a recalibration, right? Like this is where I'm supposed to be. Like the, the, my, pri my primal self is, is absolutely satisfied being here. Yeah. Yeah, you hit on it, that primal self, which goes back to martial arts. Because scrambling in uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, man, that's about as primal as you can get. This motherfucker's trying to choke me, right? This motherfucker's trying to bend my limbs in place in ways they're not supposed to. So, uh, yeah, just talking about it, I, I can't wait to roll again. Um, yeah. How long have you been doing uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu? Well, it's funny. So I did. I I I I do it in spurts. I mean, it's almost like my love life. It's like I <laughs> get all go all happy, and then it's it just fizzles out. No, but I did uh, six months, like straight to two uh, like uh, seven days a week, twice, two times yeah. a day at times because I had a one of my coworkers was a blue belt at the time. So we would go to lunch, and, and this was in Bakersfield, California, in the Central Valley. And essentially, you know, he lived in Palmdale, a good hour and change away. And I lived in town with him during lunch. And we would take an hour lunch and just sweat and what have you. And then, uh, you know, he, you know, we'd go about our day, get off of work. And then I would just have my wife just drop me right back at jiu-jitsu. And, and I did that for six months. And then we, wow, the, the company I was working at got bought out and whatever. And. End up homeless. It was wild, and uh, we ended up back here in LA, where I grew up, and what have you, and uh, got situated, kind of in the Pasadena, like Northeast LA, 
you yeah. know, area and uh, ended up at Fight Academy uh, in Pasadena. And I did the same thing. I was just like six months, put the money right down and I'm doing every class. And that I actually got a bit of striking because like nice. I'd only done grappling beforehand. But then, I mean, it was a M it still is an MMA gym. Right, that have fighters that have fought for combate on Saturdays. You could you could see Antonio and AJ McKee, Darion Caldwell. Like they have an open mat. Like literally everybody, you know, from everywhere basically come in and, and you know get rounds and what have you. Mm -hmm. So um, I did that for another six months, and then I ended up not being able to go. But then, right, kind of circumventing it, my career in interviewing so it just so i replaced it but i want to get back i actually i was pegged to go to uh 10th planet pasadena right nice. yeah, yeah and uh, that was march 7th 2020 and, and like a week later everybody the whole a few days actually it was like the yeah. 10th was the first that was right like, around that time mm -hmm. everything and, just uh, shut yeah. down yeah, and then I got COVID really, really bad mid-August. Like it was, like I, it almost took me out. To be honest with you, it last year, really, no, this year. Oh, this year. Yeah, August of twenty twenty-one. I'm. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, and um, just the thought, like I really want to get back to it because, like, I've got an aerodyne bike, and sometimes I'll get on it. If you got a few kettlebells, sometimes I'll swing them around. But there's nothing like jujitsu, and I know in my you know reptilian brain, you got to get yourself there to get to where you want to go. Because hey, if not, you're gonna go to jujitsu and just completely gas out within a couple of rounds, or yeah. maybe warm ups. You know the legendary tenth planet jujitsu warm ups, right? So, um, yeah. But the fact of somebody on me, you know, is still kind of wild you know so soon after covid yeah yeah for sure yeah especially after covid um getting back used to that and um being that close to people um yeah man it's uh and dang it's like it made a comeback the the mm -hmm. whole covid thing you know what i mean uh, in new york uh, i was just out in new york um first week of december yeah. Yeah, my wife contacted it. The, wow. Mm -hmm. And then I popped positive a couple of weeks ago. Wow. Like but, you know, I for me, people talk about vaccines. Yeah, I don't, I don't like putting stuff in my body if I don't know what it is. But because I'm older, I just got the, it was a no-brainer for me. I had to get the vaccine. That yeah. said, that vaccine shit works, in my opinion because mm -hmm. my wife was due for her booster, but hadn't gotten it. So it, it hit her pretty bad. But me, didn't really do anything. It was just a positive, it just said positive on the paper, but nothing really happened to myself. Wow. Uh, which which I was like, okay, so the vaccine actually does work because I should have yeah. been, I should have been tore up, but I wasn't. Yeah, and it, you know, it hits different. And uh, that's, and you know, I think it's a problem with society where everything, right? Before it was like political. Oh, I fucking hate Trump. Oh, I fucking love Trump. But I, right, uh, right. Uh, I hate yeah, Obama. We about that earlier. Yeah, I hate Obama. I love Obama. Oh. <laughs> I'm vaccinated. Oh, you're not vaccinated. Ah. 
And we just have these things that we want to separate each other. But just like you were saying, right? We want to feel good. Right? That that's what we want peace. to feel complete. We want peace, right? But sometimes the peace some people just live in their and operate in the lowest life condition where they just want you know, they're the ones that are like, oh, who's that there? And peeking out the window, see what gossip is about, you know? Like, right. it's they live, everything's out external. Mm -hmm. And they never deal with what's in here. Mm -hmm. That's what, to me now, that's what that is. When you constantly live out there, fuck you, fuck this. I'm pro this, I'm against that. Boom, boom. And that's fine. You can have that. But when's the last time you dealt with this? Because mm -hmm. when you go in here, you're not really out there like that, in my opinion. And that's been my experience. The further more I work on myself, the more balance I have, the more I listen to other people. Instead of saying, no, you're wrong. No. Tell me, tell me more about how you feel. I want to understand your point of view. Talk to me about it. When people listen to each other, it changes everything all the time if you listen to another human being and people actually you're not there to change each other's mind yeah. just listen you know what i'm saying so i don't want to say fuck you to you or nothing like that i want to listen tell me more about how you feel maybe i might learn something yeah i don't know but i'll never know if i don't listen exactly and that's again you know like ah. Oh. American, fuck this side. I'm American or whatever. And it, it's not even American. Israel, Palestine, Tonga, Samoa. Like you could go whatever. There's that one, you know, damn uh, island off of Madagascar where nobody's seen it. They haven't had any contact with, with you know, Western civilization yeah. in over 200 years because they yeah. fucking will eat you. Like, you know, and it's just like there's this. And it's wild, right? Because we were talking about you do need a little bit of strife, you know, to kind of make you a whole, right? Yeah. Because if, if Paris Hilton, and not to begrudge her life condition or what have you, but she is actually the daughter of two trust fund babies and still ended up on the same, uh, what is it, illicit substances that, you know, people, you know, parents in the hood are trying to prevent yeah. their kids from doing. Because right? we're all human. Right. So and that... That right there, it just kind of shows me. It's just like it doesn't. It almost doesn't matter, like what what you try to falsify, right? Yeah. Which is why I love of combat sports, right? It's like you can say I trained here, I did this, blah blah blah. My belt is here, da da da, whatever. You get on those mats and you get tapped nine ways to Sunday, or you get punched in the face with a, a strike that you've never even bloody seen. You know, and footwork that is just mesmerizing, right? And somebody can close distances more. Like, this is like the ultimate, you know, um, mathematical, uh, you know, scientific problem. This is like in, in variables and integers and everything just thrown out. Yeah. Because, I mean, at Fight Academy, there were and probably still are kids that, you know, uh, you know, go to school at Caltech, right? Uh, people that work at JPL, the Jet Propulsion Laboratory, that work with NASA to literally send shit into space, yeah. right? And they'd come into class and whatever, not know, you know, a, you know, a simple punching combination or a way to an armbar. And you have somebody with a record 
with you know baby mama drama and whatever and in this instance that person with the record the checkered past and what have you is teaching the person that has been academically inclined their entire life so and true. to me that is the best like and that's when you know like with covid kind of like arguments and political arguments were at yeah. their fever pitch you know i was just like you guys need combat sports in your life like that's that's it and then when people within combat sports you know the community were fighting with each other i'm like fuck what the hell like like that's your coach or that's your student you like right. you formulated a game plan for them to not die and then that that's whatever and vice versa like what the like it, it just got it got wild really really quick and really quickly to me i just feel like I don't know. Combat sports is the most true thing. It is. It's the most true thing, and um, um, especially when you like have a classmate and you and you are working. Let's say, let's say it is jujitsu. You know, you guys can help each other get better through. You know what I mean? Because like in society, there's COVID and all these other things. We're all we all have to deal with it. Why do I don't want to argue with you? We don't have time to argue. Let me talk to you, see what your ideas are. I can share some of my ideas and maybe we can put something together that works for us. We don't have time. We don't have time to be all right. Did you ever see the play Hamilton? Um uh, no, actually. Is it really? Good? I saw it on accident in, in 2017. Friend of mine's had I had heard of it, but a, a friend of mine's had tickets and him and his wife couldn't go. So me and my wife bought the tickets from him and we went. But and I always wondered, like, how do you rap for three and a half hours in the play? I was like, how did, how do you? They did it brilliantly. And one of the, there was a lot of takeaways for me um, with it. When you see it, you'll never feel more American in your life, my opinion. But I noticed that uh, we know our founding fathers would have debates and stuff like that. But watching these people act it out and do it, they were doing it like rap battles. You know what I mean? When they were they were working out the, what they had to for the country, because they're deciding what's going to be in the Declaration of Independence, uh, all that, all that stuff. And when they're having these back and forth, it's so obvious when you compare it to right now because you have to have the conversation. They didn't have. They were fight. They were trying to get rid of King George. They didn't have time to go. Oh fuck you! You're too liberal. Fuck you, you two conservative. They have time, but they still uh, battled each other. But it was for something bigger. They they knew it was for something bigger. So it, it was like, oh, well, I think you know the 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 how can I say the conversation? I don't want to say the argument has to take place, but the conversation has to take place. You have you need to talk to the person that you don't agree with, mm -hmm. because between the two of you lies the answer. In my opinion, you have to have the kind. It's not enough to say "fuck you." No, go talk to them. Ask them why do you think that? Why do you believe that? You know what I mean. Even if you disagree, so why? Why? But like, like really, why do you think that? And then I'll tell you why I think what I think. And between the two of us, can we? You know, can we come up with something that's better? I bet you can. It'll never be all from one side. Our country was put together by people who had two opposing views about what to do with King George and they made it work.
they put out documents that they were like, they fought hard on it. It's compromise. You know what I'm saying? Because there's always tomorrow to get your ID in there. You know what I'm saying? So we've lost our art of talking, communication, dialogue. It needs to happen. It's not good enough to say, I think I said it earlier, it's not good enough to just say, fuck you. Talk to them, you know? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I work in security, so, you know, we have to talk to people all the time. And I used to teach crisis intervention, and I still do through my martial arts, and crisis intervention and prevention. And one thing in 18 years of security, 18 years plus, never, and I've had thousands, and I'm not lying, thousands of contacts with human beings. I used to work in a lot of hospitals. So that that threw me into the fray all the time. And I had to go and put out fires with people who are in hospitals are stressful. So they're, they're not at their baseline self, they're way up here. The one thing that always worked and never failed, this closed and I listen because they're brave. They see security. So they're like, oh, no, this guy, you know, I don't want this rent a cop telling me boom, boom. But the rent a cop walks up to you and it tries to be of service. Say, hey, man, what happened? Well, okay, you good? Can I get you something? I'm trying to help. People always respond to that. I haven't had to fail me one, not one time. Every human being responds to people trying to help them. Period. You know? So, um, and I really want to show all these different things I'm talking about through martial arts. I feel like martial arts has so much to give, as you know so well. It has more to give than learning how to kick and punch and all this other stuff. The real stuff is underneath. Um, and, um, and I'm looking forward to doing what you're doing, like talking to some martial artists and talking to them about this stuff and um, get into other people too, like you said, not just in martial arts. Talk to people um, and your friends telling you to get your podcast going. And, and that's why I think people like talking to you because you, you seem like a pretty open guy. You know what I'm saying? That's like, you know, like, hey, talk to me. What's Take the brakes off. Say what you got to say. Mm-hmm. And um, my, that old saying, man is most himself when at play. Talk to me. Mm-hmm. Just, just kick some shit around. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Let's, let's, let's talk to each other. Take the bullshit out. Let's just talk to each other. You know what I mean? I think, I think that right there, I, I really have high hopes for like our country, our society, our situation. I think it might hit the fan a little bit first. Oh, yeah. 100%. It'll, yeah, we got to get that out the way. Yeah. Um, first, because sometimes you gotta let people fuck shit up. And yeah, 100%. before they really get it, mm-hmm. like telling the baby, "Oh, hey, don't touch the stove, baby," and you go hot, see, hot, and the and the baby don't get it what you're saying. And one time, if you just don't be a bad parent, but if you like looking and don't and don't see, and the baby touches it, they'll never fucking forget it. Uh huh. Then the baby won't even go in the kitchen. Yeah, no, because they're spooked. So yeah. sometimes people gotta taste it and go ah oh I, we fucked this up mm-hmm. we, we fucked we're fucking up in society so yeah. sometimes sh- something visceral and fucked up has to happen mm-hmm. before people go wait 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 i finally found where my baseline yeah i'm not for this anymore yeah we need yeah. to do something different so no. we you know we're headed towards that 100%. out of that i think we're gonna be okay yeah, that that's that's the hope. That's the hope. But yeah, that's the hope. 
Um, and, and Candace Welch is, yeah, Candace, yes, and uh, uh, Audrey Krask is Brazilian VR, and oh Ellen. man, right on, Hello. um, which you know, it's it's funny that you say that because, like, it's something that I mean, my wife and, and the youngest son don't really, uh, I mean, it, it's not a it's not a high point in 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 my style of parenting, but to me, I did it for a reason. There used to be a time where my son, the youngest one, Owen, um, he would wait up for me, right? And I would get off late and whatever, about 11 o'clock, 1130, and he was in diapers and whatever. And he saw fit, especially me being, you know, pro wrestling MMA head or whatever. He saw fit to jump on the couch where our couch was situated. And I opened the door he can spring up and leap into my arms, right? So one day, one day, I was like, I know he's going to do this. So I just go and sidestepped him. He hit the ground like a ton of bricks, and then the look on his face, and then my wife in the hallway looking at me, staring daggers. But I was trying to teach my son that, hey, I'm not always going to be there to help you figure shit out and what have you, right? You got to, you know, and, and there's, you can't just leap, whatever, you know, like, right. are, are you, are you trying to attack somebody? Or are you trying to, you know, and also this is not like if you're at a dinner party, hell, we're going at the, the damn golden corral or whatever the fuck, right? We're at Sizzler, whatever. And you're jumping off the damn salad bar. Motherfucker, I'm gonna snatch your ass out the sky and, and throw you into the something, whatever. Um, but you know, but to me, that was a teaching lesson. I was just like, you know, as much as I want to be there and dad and coddle, whatever, but how much of it really, you know, is has an almost adverse reaction in, in the world? Yes, yeah. that, that old school lessons. Um, it's funny, I saw, I think it was yesterday or the day before. I saw this uh, video somebody put up, I think it was on IG, and uh, it was John Wayne, and he was in this thing, in, the, in this movie, and he was standing by a lake, and this kid was like, oh, I don't know how to swim, and something, he said, you don't, and he picks him up, and he just tossed him in there, yeah. and this lady walked up, and was like, why did you do that, or whatever, and he was like, well, he's swimming, the lady was like, he doesn't know how to swim, he's like, no, he's swimming, you know, that's, which sounds barbaric by today's standards, but you know, that's the world I grew up in. I, th I think you grew up like that, too, mm -hmm. where, um, you know, society was a lot, uh, I don't want to say harsher, but um, it was just different. It's reflect it was reflected Stern. in our sports, too. Oh, like yeah. In the, in the NFL, in the 70s and 80s, people would, like, punch each other and do whatever. You weren't thrown out the game. Next play. Yep. You mm -hmm. know, you... You weren't kicked out. You were just like, hey, break it up. Knock that shit off. And then you went back into the next, you know. And I'm not saying that's good, but every, you know, speaking of sport, like Michael Jordan, that's how good Michael Jordan was. They were breaking Mike, they were breaking Michael Jordan up. Mm. He was getting elbows and everything, and he was still the greatest, especially like the uh, Detroit Pistons. They used to jam oh, him up all the time. Yeah. You know, it was a different um we were a little bit more, and I, we got soft. There's really no way to, we got soft. And it was, and it's reflected in our sports now. Shout out to all the athletes now. But um, 
we got and it's funny because when I look at pro sports now, I think it's going back to the way it used to be very slowly. I think professional um, sports players are going back to the gritty, to the grittiness. You know, we, we need to uh, not coddle each other as much. Sometimes shit happens mm-hmm. and we just have to deal with it. COVID too. I used to tell somebody, I used to tell a coworker, this is back in 2016, we would be talking about life. And as you can see, I like to pontificate and share what I think. And I was telling them, we were talking about society. And I was like, you know, people always say, I can't wait till the good times get here. And I told them, I was like, this is it. I can go right now to a restaurant. Right now, as we speak, this restaurant has chickens that have been cut open the feathers are off and they're rolling on a grill slowly all i have to do is show up i have some paper or a card i give it to them i go to the next window the bird is all chopped up i didn't kill the bird i didn't do shit i just showed up and after i make that little exchange with them i go to the next window and they hand it to me we we have a delicate ecosystem because as covid showed there were long lines at the store. Mm-hmm. What if these trucks that are bringing in this fresh food, which is only has a, like a three-day shelf life, the, the, the fresh food around the supermarket, not down the aisles, but around the supermarket, mm-hmm. that shit is only for a couple of days. These trucks stop running. Do you know how to grow food? Right? The good days are fucking now. Mm-hmm. We got it fucking good. I can go fuck up a double-double right now. Yeah. Which is made out of cow that I didn't have to kill. Nope, not at all. It's a little lettuce and onions. And it sounds silly to say it, but like when you really stop and think about it, these animals, when we had to kill animals, these animals were already killed for you to eat. Mm -hmm. Shout out to the vegetarians. I'm just using this as, um, you know, just talking about Hey, they kill shit too. You don't get to be a vegetarian without killing shit. Yeah, I mean, plants are alive. If you want to get on a deeper spiritual tip, right? You think plants saying, want to be eaten, motherfucker? Yeah, yeah. You talk shit to a plant, and it's just like you'll see it wilts. It'll right? wilt. Yeah, it's, you know. Every, I mean, that's a that's another conversation we could have for what? sure. Because in uh, in reality, you know, everything is everything is alive in in its own way. You know what I'm saying? It's it's all. It's all alive, and that goes into a deeper conversation, you know, because people are willy-nilly born and die every day. Mm-hmm. And then where are these people going? You know what I mean? Like Same fucking so, place, too. Like the yeah. hospital. You go to the yeah. hospital, you get you get people that are bored. You get people that aren't the greatest, you know, health predicaments and whatever. They shot, cancer, AIDS, whatever the fuck, you know, colds. You know, fucked up their femur or whatever the fuck, right? And then also the place where people go to die. Like, yeah, and it just could and happen. Die, any- and I think there's more to us. You know, I don't, I don't think when people die, I don't think that's just the end. You know what I'm saying? I think there's more to us than what meets the eye, for sure. Mm-hmm. On, on that tip, uh, Karina said, "Loving the variety of the con- of this conversation. That's what we do." And thank you for. Thank you, Karina. Putting us two together. Um, Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that's that's fab right there. Uh, But no, it's it's uh, 
yeah, it's it's wild when you think about it. You know, just society. You know how how especially here in in the U.S. right where you know you the Constitution was more likely than not written on a hem paper, but then oh fucking William Randolph Hearst who owned a shit ton of paper mills, including the you know the media and everything was like ah I'm getting my ass kicked and you know whatever I'm doing good in the newspaper part and the radio ads and shit like that but my fucking lumber mill is shit so I'm gonna use my media to whatever and weed is bad and whatever the fuck right right yeah you know and mushrooms conquest I, yeah oh my goodness dude I I have a pretty far off like the whole Salem witch trial and whatever I just think the you know, like when you when you kill off all the natives and shit like that, right? You 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 don't have the context of the people that were like good plant, bad plant, good animal, bad animal. So I think, especially in like that northeastern kind of region, I think you know they fucking cooked up a whole bunch of fucking psychedelic mushrooms into stew, and it was like ah, ah fucking red hair. We don't understand that. Ah, <laughs> uh, ah, you're born without a limb. Ah, you're a witch. You know, and right. with the very kind of like, hey, we're gonna fucking burn you at the stake and or, you know, sink you to the bottom of the fucking sea with the boulder attached to you. And if you float up, we're gonna kill you still. Or if you, you know, walk from the fire, we're gonna kill you still. Right? Whatever's the remnants are. Right? Right. But also, if you die in either if you burn alive or you drown well guess what you at least have the social clout that you're not a witch right we we have proof the fuck and again you see it today in instagram and whatever those verified yeah, nothing's changed it's nothing nothing nothing's changed people people just like go blindly into whatever you know and believe whatever and it's it's funny like punks and and metalheads, right? They're anti-establishment, right? But fuck ratted, don't listen to the same band that they listen to, and you're not punk enough. You're not metal enough. Yeah, right. I feel. I always feel like um, no matter what group of people you bring together, it will always subdivide. Because again, not to go too deep, but the individual is divided against themselves. So if you get a bunch of individuals that group will subdivide because mm -hmm. by nature people are contradictory within themselves yep. sort of like the lord of the flies that yep. book you know a group of kids that plane crash and the group divided um whether it's gangs whether it's politicians mm -hmm. there is always uh, a divide you get you get five you get a hundred people strand them on an island there will be two divisions. Mm -hmm. There will be two groups, for sure, on that on that island. And um, back to you know, like the Salem witch trial, which you bring up, it all goes to the same thing. When people act out outwardly, it's because they are looking for security. So, oh, uh, if I do this to that person, it'll make me feel better about myself. But you, that doesn't work that way. You mm -hmm. got to go in here and do the work. You know what I'm saying? You gotta work on yourself. You put drugs in there, you put alcohol in there, uh, you put gossips and rumors about other people so that you can feel more centered and like, oh, I'm over here. This person is down here. 
none of that shit works. It's always going to bubble back up. The stuff that you don't deal with, it'll always bubble back up. You know what I'm saying? And um, I think we're definitely moving more into a health conscious type of thing about what we eat, physical activity. This is some of the best stuff uh, for us is is, uh, dealing with our shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, and helping each other out, you know? The the more I just work on my own self, the less I want to see you fail. Yeah. Because I've been there. Fuck, mm-hmm. I don't want to see you there. Nope. You know how long it took me to dig myself out of that fucking hole? Yep. The last thing I want to do is hate on you. Fuck that. I want to pull you up and you pull me up. I fuck misery. I don't want to, I don't want to shit all over you. That ain't mm-hmm. gonna make me feel good. I want you to do well too. Yeah, we we lost that that small community mm-hmm. uh, feel because back when people long time ago we lived in villages of like seventy five to one hundred and fifty people, according yeah. to archaeologists and stuff like that. It was more manageable. As a matter of fact, we deserve a medal. There's four hundred million motherfuckers in the United States, and we're all a big ass village. The fact that this hasn't jumped off the rails a long time ago is a miracle because it's hard to manage 400 million people. Mm-hmm. It's much more manageable. It's 75 to 100. And yep. you didn't really even know what was going on, going on in the next village. Mm-hmm. Joe Rogan said something, uh, some years ago I heard on his podcast. He was like, I don't know if, if I'm set up to know that there was a tornado in Oklahoma, for instance. Mm-hmm. And all these other things, which are horrific, and prayers to the people that just had the recent tornado in Kentucky. Um, but you know, are we set up to physically take that in? Because our mm-hmm. heart break for these people, mm-hmm. and then we have another thing, you know, a baby got ran over, or this or that. So we're taking these things on board, these things that are happening five thousand miles away from us, and it's like. Where he, and Joe Rogan was saying, he said, I don't know if we're set up to be mm-hmm. taking this much on like this. You know what I'm saying? So um, I think there's a lot to be said for for community. And I think COVID kind of made things like real small mm-hmm. where you're checking on people. Hey, how you doing? You know, whatever. I got a mask on. You have a mask on. We're just checking on people. How's your fam? You, yeah. you would hear that a lot more. Like, How's your family? You okay? You guys good? You yeah. need something? Oh, you guys got COVID? Uh, you can't leave? Hey, uh, we'll drop some groceries off at your doorstep. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just community stuff. Um, yeah, but uh, it's funny. that, And again, that's why I call it true self-MA. Because no matter what I think and what I say, it all it's always goes back to the individual. Everything I do in life, Physically, mentally, when I speak it, all of it is based on my own perception of myself. Everything I say, everything I do is based on how I view myself, period. Mm-hmm. And if I'm aware of that, I can do a lot. No, yeah, 100%. Now, speaking of a lot, because I've been wanting to ask you this almost from the jump, but uh, he's somebody to me that's very near and dear and important, pivotal, you know, to not just mixed martial arts, but a litany of things. But one, 
Judo Jean LaBelle. And the reason why I ask is he is someone who is credited for teaching Bruce Lee and a litany of others grappling, right? Judo and catch wrestling. I have uh, a great but, story about that. Okay, let's go. So uh, Bruce and Jean uh, knew each other. They used to, you know, Bruce to make money before he was on a Green Hornet or any of this other stuff. He uh, used to choreograph fight scenes in movies. Him and Gene both do. They would work on the same movie sometime. So uh, one day they had some words on set. You know, they know each other. They're friends. They had some words on set. So they kind of like stayed away from each other. And Bruce was turned this way, watching a rehearsal. Gene got behind him, put him in a hole, took him to the ground. Bruce, most martial artists would jump up and be upset. Bruce jumped up and was like, you have to show me that. His mind was blown. Bruce was completely fascinated. And that's why um, in uh, in uh, Enter the Dragon, Bruce, in, uh, in his, his last full movie that he was able to make, um, that's why there's grappling at the beginning of it. I think that was the first time anybody ever really saw an armbar in a martial arts movie because Bruce was, he was fascinated by it. It, it added something uh, to him and but from that day that Gene did that, Bruce never let anybody in his in his circle without him being aware that you were there. Mm -hmm. He 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 was like, "There's no way Gene should have been able to walk up behind me mm -hmm. and do that." So that was the other lesson that he gave him. Um, this and I do it too. It was passed down from from Bruce to uh, Sifu Ted Wong to my instructor Sifu Dane Junot to myself that I'll you know be at the grocery store still after 18 years I'll still be you know there'll be somebody there and I'll play games like ask myself what would I do if this guy turned around right now with that bottle in his hand and just swung it that little thing right there will really work on your reflexes you know but anyway that's I, I went off on a tangent but that's oh, why my Gene LaBelle story, who's a great master, it blew Bruce's mind. Yeah. Um, and, and made him pay attention to grappling. Because um, if you don't have grappling, you have, you have nothing to me. You yeah. have nothing. It's, it's, I, the, it's, the, it's the supreme art. Yeah. Uh, I, I when, when people ask me, you know, like uh, in regular times when they find out what I do, they're like, oh, I'm thinking about doing martial arts or whatever. What should I do? And I'm always like grappling. I don't care if you call it sambo, judo, catch wrestling, jujitsu, what have you, grappling. Because, you know, it doesn't matter if you're, you know, black belt level, you know, karate, what have you, world champion boxer, novice boxer, Muay Thai, blah, blah, blah. What happens? You have to establish your distance, right? Yeah. But yeah. if somebody's behind you, there's 75% of your arsenal right out the window. And Gone. then that's even the, the remaining 25, somebody takes you to the ground, that's it. It's right? Right? Yeah. They, yeah. So, the, so I say grappling, and especially if you're maybe not the biggest person, uh, you're, you're, you're a female. Right, or your, you know, the the body types don't lend you to generate too much power or what have you in a, in a particular strike. And again, you can miss that person. All they have to do 
is that and Florida, That's it. right? That's, so, yeah. so That's if a you great... get pushed, yeah. And if you get pushed to the ground, well, guess what? A lot of, especially Brazilian jiu-jitsu, catch wrestling, you're fighting off of your back, right? Yeah. That is, you know, that, that is the bread and butter. That That's 75% of all of the, you know, the takedowns, whatever, can be modified to, you know, fight from your back where other disciplines won't. So that's that's it. But, you know, going back to, like, Judo Gene, to me, I was lucky enough to be around him, you know, as he was phasing out. Uh, oh, that's his, crazy. Yeah, his, uh, you know, because he was a, um, not the reference, he was a judge for a lot of MMA shows or a couple of MMA shows here in California mm-hmm. when I started out. And uh, I would, it would be like throwing water on a robot because I'm like, do I ask him Bruce Lee stuff? Do I ask him about, you know, his long list of like, you know, movie credits that he had? Or do I ask about his fucking mom, Eileen Eaton, who ran the Grand Olympic Auditorium that saw Roddy Piper, Chavo Guerrero Sr., Muhammad Ali, Andre the Giant, superstar Billy Graham. And again, so if, and his mom was a female promoter in the 60s and 70s. When I they, never knew that. Yeah, no, that's the Grand Olympic. I when I'm going down the 10 East, you know, right opposite the Staples Center, and I see it, and it's a Korean church, and nothing against Korean churches, but that's a fucking Grand Olympic Auditorium, by God. And you know, with the things that you know, if those walls could talk, man, that is one of the pantheon of, of especially LA, you know, sports anything that the Grand Olympic, you know, was erected to house the. The cycling, you know, for whatever Olympics that that yeah. was, right? But you know, Ali, Rolling Stones. There, there's so many people that came through the Grand Olympic. But Somebody. Eileen Eaton was the one who basically ran the wrestling territory, right? That's crazy. I and really... yeah, and if somebody got too big for the britches and didn't want to tap the title, didn't want to do the job, well, you thought your opponent was coming out, but out comes fucking Judo Jean. In his fucking wool tights, and whatever wrestler fucking laid whatever title, whatever the thing that they were holding on to that the mom wanted to fucking have them drop. Well, guess what? It got dropped right there in the fucking ring in front of everybody at the Grand Olympic Auditorium because Peter Jean was going to stretch it nine ways to Sunday. So that's what I, I would just. What do I ask him? What do I ask him? What do I ask him? And me being a wrestling head, it would always fall with wrestling and he would put me in a hold and I was just like oh I'm so glad that we're friends because I know he could end me all 80 year old you know yeah. whatever he could end me right the fuck now this is a person yeah. who who's like you know uh Steven Seagal didn't think anything of Gino Jean's holds and whatever and guess what you made him shit himself you know that story right I've heard that I did hear that somebody did do that yeah no um, it was it was Judo Jean it was absolutely it was judo gene because uh it, you know steven seagal got cute you know because judo gene is older and uh i think it was in his 60s at this time this is like mm-hmm. in the late 80s early 90s or whatever seagal was at his peak and what have you and uh it was like ah you can't do that to me gene it was like okay uh, and then it's like let me know when you you know say uncle right that's the catch wrestling say uncle didn't want to do it Steven has all of his, you know, non-essential yes people around him. Mm-hmm. So he, you know, fucking pride of a lion or whatever. He taps. Nope. No tap. He goes out and shits himself. 
Yep. It's, grappling wins. Grappling that, wins. That's a, that's a whole nother conversation. The male <laughs> ego. Yeah. No, it knows no limits. It's like, because if you're, I mean, if like, if you're really in the martial arts, all you have to do is look at grappling. You don't know that that works. Just look at it. Why would you put yourself in that position? You know, um, is, you know, God bless the Gracie family. They, um, I think, uh, you know, Henner, Henner and his brother, they put up, um, I think they're the ones that put up all this, but you can go on YouTube the and Gracie see like, like a 16 year old Henner yeah. with these grown men and some other Gracie people, people would go do these challenges and they would, you know, be on the mat, people from other disciplines and jujitsu won each time, mm -hmm. you know, and like you said, people like, even with me, people want to, somebody asks me, Oh, uh, what's the art that, you know, I really want to learn how to protect myself and boom, boom, whatever, whatever, you know, and they go, I really, and some people say, I really want to know, you know, what you teach and boom, boom. And I tell them about Jeet Kune Do and everything. But I say, you know, if self-defense is really your end game, you like, and you want to know the thing that you're learning beyond any dot will work, you need BJJ. Mm -hmm. That's where you need to be. You need to be, you need to do some grappling first because if the other person knows it and you don't, it's, it's done. It's done. So you have to have the grappling. Now, uh, and, I, and I always tell them, I'm not telling you not to train with me. Okay. But to be honest with you, you should do BJJ, you know, and if you're, and if you're really stuck on doing uh, Jeet Kune Do, cool, I will, I will train you up. Uh, but go and do the Jiu Jitsu. And, and, it'll, and it'll make you even better at mm -hmm. Jiu Jitsu. But go do the grappling because mm. to really be able to be competent at yeah. defending yourself you gotta have grappling it's mm -hmm. just you have to and also too for people that are beginners that never train in martial arts with bjj you could you could screw the stand up you could screw it up you like you can mess it up and boom, boom, boom but all you gotta do is swim and get a hold yeah you're gonna be all right it's a wrap you can fuck all this up you mm -hmm. can fuck this up completely all you got to do is get close mm -hmm. and you got them, especially if they're bigger because yeah. gravity is different down there. Mm -hmm. the, you know, it's a little bit more even. Mm -hmm. And if they don't know jujitsu and you do, it's going to, you're going to be okay in most cases, you know? So I always tell people like, I'm not telling you not to train with me, but if you're, if you're, if self-defense is like really your thing and you want to know beyond a shadow of a doubt, that you could pull this off, BJJ, all day. All damn day. All day. Yes. And a good friend, Ashley Rose Nova, is saying hi. Hi, Ash. See hey. You. I hope Ashley. You, hopefully, uh, you know, your holiday shopping and getting ready is getting readier. So, yeah, which is, yeah, that that's it. Getting readier. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But obviously, Sifu Larry, you have come a lot, a long way in your journey, not just in martial arts, but through life. And you couldn't get there without the community around you, right? So take as long as you need. Uh, let as, uh, Ashley's like, bam, bam, there you go. I like it. Uh, but let's get some shout outs out of the way. For sure. 
Well, the guy that started it all for me, his name is uh, Sifu Dane Junod, J-U-N-O-D. He lives in Las Vegas now. Most complete martial artist that I've ever seen and known in person. Um, he, his life, I mean, the way he learned martial arts was meant to be. He uh, actually used to live in La Quinata, for those that don't live in Southern California. La Quinata is way far north of the Bay Area, Torrance which is where there was a Jeet Kune Do. Um, uh, what's, what's, uh, I'm drawing a blank. There was well, someone teaching Jeet Kune Do here, very well known. And he wanted to learn from this gentleman. His mom was like, I'm not driving you down to Torrance. Um, so he had, as luck would have it, he had to learn Wing Chun up there, which is Bruce's first art, right? So he learned uh, Wing. If you learn Wing Chun first, then you learn JKD. You're very fortunate. And then he left Wing Chun and learned from two of Bruce's private students. So it was like the perfect storm. And Sifu, Sifu Jerry, I believe, started with uh, with uh, Bruce from the beginning of JKD to the middle, and Sifu uh, Ted from like the middle to the end, something like that, very roughly. And my uh, my first instructor got bookend. He got both. So shout out to Sifu uh, Dane Junod, who gave me all the tools I needed to understand uh, martial arts. I'll forever be indebted uh, to this human being. Um, great guy. Um, Sifu Fran, who uh, we do like a, a recertification thing. Um, uh, once a year, it used to be once every two years. But anyway, we just did it this October. It was great seeing all the other JKD instructors. So Sifu uh, Fran Petit, Sifu Jerry's wife, Sifu uh, Fran Petit Joseph, I have to give Sifu Fran uh, a shout out for always being in my corner, helping me to promote uh, you know, my teachings of uh, Jeet Kune Do and sharing my experience. So Sifu Fran, thank you uh, uh, so much. Um, I have another good friend in JKD. His name is Eric Montgomery, Sifu Eric Montgomery. Um, thanks for being a great guy and always having my back. And I'm probably forgetting some people, but um, those are those are the the main three. Um, and shout out to the Gracie family too, over in uh, Gracie Academy over in Torrance, um, where I'm getting my lessons. <laughs> where I'm getting taught my lessons in uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, they have a great school over there. Um, and yeah, and that's it. And uh, to Karina, La Reina, uh, thank you so much for introducing me to Adam. And also thank you to, I have a, a personal assistant named Candice. Thank you to uh, Candice who basically runs my, my life for me and uh, helps me with all this. So I, I'm totally indebted to my friend Candace. And um, yeah, that's it. And the wife, I'll yeah, get the strangled wife. if I don't say something to the wife. My wife's Yeah, Stacey. absolutely. No, 100%. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, shout out to the wife, Stacey. But uh, a, a shout out to you, Larry, for uh, doing this. I can't thank you enough for doing this. And uh, 
thank all of you guys out there for joining us here at According to Woods. And if you haven't already done so, go ahead and like, share, and subscribe to the According to Woods podcast on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Oh, even Twitter. We're on Twitter. But, uh, I mean, Sifu Larry, you're, go- you're subscribed to the podcast, aren't you? Yes. Dang right. To be like Sifu Larry, subscribe to the podcast if you don't believe me. Or Sifu Larry, well, here's Zeta Zang to help convince you. Hey, this is Zeta Zang. Make sure you subscribe.